0: Hi everyone, this is Ishwar, co-founder at Mukunda Foods. We are a kitchen tech company. We make machines that cook food automatically for restaurants or the QSL space. A second year college student takes a stall in the college fest and sells vada pav. This humble beginning led to the creation of India's largest kitchen automation company that counts Zomato as one of its investors. This episode of Founder Thesis is truly a masterclass in grit, hustle and relentless optimism. Ishwar Vikas had not even graduated when he started Mukunda Foods with literally no capital and the rest of his story is no less inspiring. Mukunda Foods helps companies to automate their kitchen processes and ensure consistent food quality at scale and they power most of India's leading restaurant chains. Stay tuned for this gripping tale of taking fearless bets and learning from mistakes, and please do subscribe to Founder Thesis on YouTube or any audio streaming platform.
1: So, uh, Iswar, you've had a very, very... Uh long journey as a founder starting from when you were in college itself Uh, just you know give me like a little bit of your background what what did your parents do what did you decide to pursue for your graduation and what led up to becoming an entrepreneur
0: okay so uh, my dad uh, used to work for a bank a psu bank Um, so uh, because of that we used to get transferred every now and then so i did my schooling across maybe seven, eight schools. And by the time I reached my college, I could speak and uh, talk 26 languages. You know, that was a thing which oh, sort of yeah. uh, uh, go around. Uh, like any other, uh, uh, you know, middle class student, at that time I was like, uh, um, hey, I would do IIT and then do something else. So uh, uh, bulk of the time between my 10th class and, you know, 12th, Was behind, okay, how do I prepare for the gene? And uh, when I got my rank, it was not a, I had passed, but I could not get to the main list. It was something called as the extended merit list, which would still get you into some uh, uh, reputed things like Indian Institute of Sciences and stuff like that. But uh, um, there was also something called the Petroleum University and all, but I was not interested in uh, that kind of uh, play, right? You know, I I still wanted to do engineering, but Hence, so, you know, obtained did work and anyways, uh, always the idea was, uh, you know, from uh, uh, from childhood that thought was IIT Karo then uh, do some kind of a business, you know, that was some kind of a thought I always had in mind. He, uh had to do business some point of time, uh, but when I couldn't get into IIT, I settled on on the next best opportunity that yeah, was there for yeah,
1: business, me. Business, like, where did the business thing come in? Uh- yeah, I mean, you knew from childhood you wanted to do business.
0: Somehow intuitively, I always, I was like, yeah, I wanted to uh, uh, start my own business and do a large company and uh, earn a lot of money. You know, I think that was a motivation factor that if you do your own business, you can earn a lot of money. And uh, that was the reason why I wanted to do a business. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, when IIT didn't happen, uh, I um, joined the college which was available for me, uh, and uh, but my dream kept the same, ki engineering, karo, then do a business, somewhere there was also thought engineering MBA, and VM, then uh, business, uh, it was IIT, IIM and then business, so IIT didn't happen, so I was thinking ki, then why shouldn't business not happen, like it's not uh, a thing and uh, um, yeah, so I said, hey, I, think if I will try and do an MBA. If MBA doesn't, uh, it's not a ABC. If I can go from A to C, it is still possible. Right. And I kept looking for opportunities while right, still in college. Key, yeah, uh, is there a way to do um, um, business? And, uh, somehow a lot of dots got connected. Somehow things worked out, and uh, hence a startup happened. I was lucky that it happened. I, mean, I didn't uh wake up every day and say, one thing led to the other, and uh, I ended up starting up while in college.
1: So just tell me how you got your start. Uh, like Because you came from a middle class family, so obviously you didn't have any capital to start anything with. So, you know, right. how did you start? It's
0: a very uh, interesting uh, backstory to it. Uh, it will take a couple of minutes for me to connect a few dots. Uh, so uh, in college, right from the first year in college, you know college mein hota hai? when you go to college, there are a lot of uh, uh, events or some all sort of seminars or symposiums that happen in college, right? And uh, one of that was about the uh, about entrepreneurship. Um, I was not very keen on going to that, but uh, one of my friends said Ki, yar, is night logon ko samosa, samosa and uh, what <laughs> up, uh, samosa rahe, so let's go and uh, eat at least. Okay. Good. And uh, I ended up Good. going, at least in the college days, right? You're out of, uh, your hostel is not great. And you say, somebody is giving you free samosas. Uh, and i said, nothing to lose, you'll get a samosa. And uh, in the event, there was a speaker uh, from Chennai. And uh, he used to run uh, a mixed size business consultancy firm. It was the McKinsey for SMEs. You know, that was his positioning. Uh, he was talking about startups, entrepreneurship, this, that and all. And that got me excited, and after the event, I went to him and said, uh, Hey, I want to start up at some point of time. Um, what? And in your talk, you said a good way to start is to start working for somebody first, a startup kind of environment, and then do your own business. And that's like a short shot or a better way to succeed. And uh, I don't know anybody, but can I come and work for you? I was just out of the blue, jacket, you know, nothing to lose, right? Just... Pick a shot. He said, "Okay, here's my card. Why don't you come uh, this weekend and we'll have a chat?" Uh, I went to him, and um, you know, one thing led to the other. He said, "Okay, come and do a internship. Uh, I won't pay you anything, uh, but uh, you know, you will get to learn a lot of stuff." That was very interesting for me. Here, I'm working just like the first year in college in 2010 something, 2010, 2011. Somebody is offering you an internship. And uh, I was like, okay, I'm up for it. So, Saturday, I was doing some internship activities. Um, and I picked up a lot of basics of business there, right? You know, how to talk to clients, what is the meaning of a PL, what is the meaning of, uh, what is the difference between sales and marketing, what is the difference between operations and uh, uh, business development, what is uh, cash flow, what is the difference between cash flow, balance sheet, and a PNL? You know, a lot of basic things got picked up. By just being in the system, like by a being just very passionate, you know, like a mini MB, I would say. Uh, at the end of the day, I was helping them in some BD activities right? yeah. and doing some marketing. Uh, so that sort of got me exciting, excited. Excited. Um, then I also uh, uh, there was this uh, college event, um, you know, uh, where uh, I was part of the um, you know the committee which used to sell the uh, uh, booths to. Um, uh, players, you know, kick out. normally when college event, there are some booths you sell it to some um uh, B shops. I was one of I was tasked by selling. There were about 10 odd booths. Uh my committee could sell nine. There was one booth that was still left out uh that we could not sell. Uh, so I went to the uh, uh, dean and said that hey there's this one stall that we could not sell um why don't you give it to me and I'm willing to pay you the Rent, it was some 15, 20,000 rupees for a five day stall. I'm willing to pay. I won't pay now, but I'll pay at the end of the event because now I don't have money. I'll do some business here. I will sell some food. I'll make some money and just a profit over It's give you that 15, 20,000. Uh, she was kind enough to do it. She said, okay, that seems to be a good proposition. You go and do it. Um, so I got a booth there. I, I thought, okay, this was uh, interesting that I got a booth. Uh, and that was my first business, right? He, um, let me take that. Now I did an internship. I know what to do. And there was an opportunity. I said, karte, let's see what happens. Uh, the whole thought was, let's send Vada uh, Pao and Jiljira. Uh, Because uh, many people in my college were from north and west. And this college was in Chennai. Uh, where getting Vada Pao was uh, not easy. Right? So I said, okay, I will sell Vada uh, now me and I had another friend. We said, "Chalo, dono milke Let's sell vada pav and gira. Uh, now we had a booth, uh, but um, you know we didn't have capital. We, let's like you need to buy ingredients, right? You need to figure out uh, where would you get your vadas uh, uh, from pav, and you need to uh, get all that stuff. We wanted capital for the vada pav stall. We didn't have it, so what we we came up with an innovative concept. Uh, we said, uh, we went to our friends and said, uh, hey, you want Wadapau? uh So we, we have pav for the expo and we are selling it now only. If you come there, it's 15 rupees, but if you book it now, it's 10 rupees. You get a 5 rupee off, but you need to buy a pack of 10. Mm-hmm. Right, you get 8 Wadapaus and 2 Jalinos for 100 bucks. Um, if you come there and buy, it's 150, 200 rupees, but here you get a discount. Do you want to buy it? Uh, people were mm-hmm. like, "Huh, we will be in the expo and uh, pans in and Vada will write is a very good thing. Uh, I will. I want the Vada Pau and uh, we were able to convince all of them to pre-book the Vada with us. So we printed some tokens with some kind of uh, stamp say that, okay, this is a, a Vada pav coupon. And we went and sold some 50,000 rupees worth of Vada Pau uh, for which we hadn't got the working capital. Now I went to the vendors, I said, okay, we need... Uh, uh, the vadas, you know, the pub, you know, the chutney, you know, the papers. They had working capital because of 50,000 rupees. We came and um, started sending. And because there were a lot of people who had pre-booked, my stall always had a huge number of people because there were people who were coming and giving the coupons. And then what happened? Everybody thought, yeah, Because crowd attracts crowd. So people came and started buying more. So instead of 15 rupees, I went from 15 rupees to 20 rupees because there were a lot of people. There was less supply with me and more demand. And uh, I was able to really outsell every day. I mean, by evening 6 o'clock, all my stocks used to get exhausted. I had a freemium. And in the five days, we made a lot of money. And that was my first taste of success. Uh, we paid the college. And me and my friend had money to take out. So uh, I don't remember how much profit, but it was decent enough profit. I think sixty, seventy thousand rupees yes. as a profit we made after paying everything. So Amazing. that sort of gave me Confidence that uh, Yeah, I can do business It had its own difficulties But um, it gave me confidence That uh, I can do business And uh, I don't have to wait For uh, college to get over I don't have to wait for an MBA to happen uh, I can do business Was that whole confidence That helped me start while in college
1: So you got like a Fairly good amount of profit from that One five day event uh, that, How did it become a business you know from a five day event to running a business
0: so i i learned a lot of things in that uh, five day event that one thing was hey i can do business that whole confidence that uh, uh, you get that i can do business there are a lot of struggles to it like i didn't have capital nobody knew me i didn't know a lot of things uh, basically what i learned at uh, ichiban that was the company i interned with i was telling you right What I learned there was more theoretical, but really putting your skin in the game was important. And somewhere the folks at Ichiban had also encouraged me that, um, you know, you should try something. You have nothing to lose. Uh, So I tried. It was really hard and tough, but at the end of the day, that whole uh, feeling that I could do it was there in me. And that sort of said, now I wanted to, I had that confidence, yes, I can do business. Because once you taste blood, you want to do that again and again. Um, But, I, I then sort of figured out that you know uh, I can do business and uh, was waiting for the next big idea. Uh, I did not want to continue to do a jaljira or a vada pav stall. But like, yes, I could do business, but that whole thought process that I want to do something else was there. Um, but what to do? I was not still aware of. Uh, but this was second year in college, you know. But, um, there was no plan Abhi start now. The whole idea was, to so I'll graduate by that time. I should do something. Uh, while interning at Ichiban, right, that management consultancy, one of the clients for them was a large enough group called Amar Group. Uh, they were consulting, uh, they were taking consultancy services. They had uh, work in mining. They had some salons and spas. They had some interest in uh, uh, Middle East. They were doing some oil uh, jigs and all. So once the CEO was there and I was uh, talking to him, he said, uh, "Why don't you want? Do you want to come and work with us? It's the same kind of work you are doing here. Do you want to intern with me?" And uh, I said, "Yes." So it's a large enough company, and uh, um, the kind of work there at the intern was like getting little more monotonous, and this was more exciting. And um, he said he'll pay me also. He said he'll pay me ten thousand internship per month, and that was more exciting. Right, And I said yes and I took permission on this company and I joined there. Uh, the good thing here was uh, I was more like it was not an internship. Internship it was more like an executive assistant. It was the EA to the CEO. So it was just not a weekend job. It was an everyday job. So I used to finish college at 3, 3.30, go to their office by 4 o'clock and till 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock I used to do work and all the weekends I used to do work there. Good thing was the college I was in, uh, SRM University, engineering was not very hard. I could still start of um, do okayish. I would get a seven, seven and a half. And my family was okay with it. They never told me, yeah, you should really focus on only studies. My family was very happy, not because of the money part, but because i getting so much exposure. Uh, so here the work was uh, really uh, hard, you know. Uh, there was some uh, jig at uh, chromium mines they were interested in some chromium mines in uh, Jhajpur Orissa so I had to go there and do some work then they were inaugurating um, they had salons and spas in Hyderabad at that point of time the CEO had an idea that we should go and do tire 3 city spa so I went to uh, a place called uh, Rajmandri Andhra. so there I had to finalize a place for a spa uh, then I had to do marketing for that, launch it. Um, at the same time, there was a lot of emails and PPTs. He used to have meetings, I had to do PPTs. So the good thing, he did not treat me like a part-time employee. It was like an employee. Like I had college work, <laughs> <laughs> this PPT needs editing. Somewhere in the back, I used to open my uh, BlackBerry 4 and do editing and send it to <laughs> wow. him. And uh, <laughs> it was very exciting that... Uh,
1: you you uh, bought the BlackBerry from the profits of that uh-
0: yeah. I yeah. Thought, I, I bought a blackberry. Wow. So I was the only guy wow. in, the qual- uh, in the class to have a blackberry and do Amazing. real work with it. Right. Do real yeah. editing work <laughs> and Microsoft <laughs> office and all that stuff. Um, yeah. So that was a very exciting time. I did that for one, one and a half year. Um, uh, the The whole of summer holidays and winter holidays were spent in um, his office. Um, we, we were going across the place. Uh he had uh, some interior projects in Wainard in Kerala. So one day evening he would say, let's go to Kerala. And I used to go, uh, attendance was low, but my friends were helping me, you know, proxy te, and they were like ensuring my attendance was up the mark. Somebody was helping you know, me with uh, project work. <laughs> uh, just before the exam, I used to sort of, you know, what happens in engineering, right? You learn the last day and finish. So somehow I was getting my grades also done. I used to get money and, uh, because I was with the CEO, I used to go to all fancy restaurants for meetings. So I used to really enjoy it; was a blast. Um, I enjoyed it a lot for one and a half years. But then I said, "Yeah, this is good, but this is not mine, right?" Um, I could continue to do this. I used to get from ten thousand, I went to twenty, 000, twenty-five thousand as a stipend. Yeah, but for college student, it is huge money. Yeah, yeah.
1: it right. is absolutely. Yeah.
0: And um, this was in two thousand twelve. Um, hostel fees paid, paid for everything paid for. Still twenty five thousand in the account. Used to do do um, air trips. Matlab. I used to go to other places by a flight and. But then yeah. I said, this is not exciting. It is good. I'm enjoying it. I'm uh, ha- and I would have definitely a guaranteed job after college with him. But this is not mine. And this was in third year college. Uh, but I wanted to do something of mine." Then, because I used to go to all these restaurants, I used to go to McD, Domino's and all, I saw that QSR chains by default were serving global food. Nobody was selling um, uh, Indian food. Indian food was like 10 outlet, 20 outlet chain. There was no brand that was out there doing global uh, Indian food at scale. And I said, hey, there's a big opportunity. And sort of that whole Vada Pau story sort of kicked into me. Why don't I build the McDonald's of Indian food? that's when i um, said okay let me do it it sounds very exciting um so i went to him i said i'm quitting uh i want to do something in the FND space he was not very happy about it he said hey uh, you will uh you might not be able to do it uh, and all that stuff but i said i want to take my risk it's fine um this is not um um, a problem but uh, it was a big risk meaning quitting what i had and going all in uh, i took that risk any which ways i uh, studied mcdonald's very closely i read a book called the golden arches by rake rock this was the founder of mcdonald's who had written i studied a lot of other books in this space and all and i said okay let's build the mcdonald's for indian food uh, so I had a friend who had a, uh, by the McDonald's book, I knew that location is going to be very, very important. So uh, the first McDonald's eventually came in Chennai at a place called Skywalk in Nungambakkam. I said, I'm just going to get a space just opposite McDonald's because they have, uh, of course, done all the hard work. So I'm just going to not do that hard work. And um, uh, I found a guy in college and who had a space. I said, I'm going to rent it out. I can't pay advance, but I'll pay your profit share and all He all made. Like I was good in convincing him. He said, okay, I'll give you the space. Um, And then um, I figured out somebody who could uh, give me the uh, batter, you know, like the menu was Idlis, dosas, vada and coffee, just four items on the menu. I read in the McD book that he kept, he kept, he said something called kiss, keep it simple, stupid. Right, so I said, okay, my menu is going to be just four items. McDi sells burgers, fries, juice. I'm going to sell idli, dosa, and coffee. So I just was just copying it. Uh, got the same space. Uh, I named the location Mukunda Foods. Uh, the reason why I named it was in Chennai. Uh, I saw all the restaurants were God's names: Sarvana Bhavan, Krishna Bhavan, um, you know, Murugan Bhavan, and all. I said, Ki, if it's not God's name, people will not come in. So, uh, Mukunda Foods is his name. And that's how Mukunda I named it. Is... Krishna.
1: Oh, which, okay, Krishna. Aftar Krishna. of Krishna. Uh,
0: okay. It is Krishna's other name.
1: Okay, Krishna's other name. Okay.
0: So, I said, okay, we'll call it Mukunda Foods. So, I got the name. I got the space. Um, and we opened the outlet. Um, so, one of my friend had a restaurant. So, we said, Waha se uh, we will make fresh dosas here. And um, it was a nice place, you know, bright lights, large screens, nicely dressed staff. Uh, the whole uh, vibe of a Meghdi was recreated here. Uh, stand and eat, come, you get food very quickly, you get out very fast. Good menu. I still remember that at 40 rupees, we had a combo where you get two idlis, one vada, one uh, coffee and one dosa, mini dosa. So it was a steal, 40-50 rupees, you used to get that whole breakfast and yeah. uh, people were queuing up. Uh, we were able to do good business. And that's when I said, hey, we have nailed it. We have a product, we have done, it's my business, it's my place and now I'm going to just expand. And, How much money uh,
1: were you making in the first outlet?
0: So we didn't lose money. So hmm. all the savings I had from my internship, I put it here. And my dad also gave me some money. Uh, my friend's place, so I didn't have to pay heavy um, rentals. All I had to do was interiors which was according to me, like two, two and a half lakh rupee back then. Um, and we kick started and from day one, I was breaking, when I was not losing money uh, because it was my friend's father who was supplying better. He was kind enough to not take money in advance. So customers would pay me. It was a negative working capital. So I used to get customer money, then pay the, pay the vendor, then pay the rent. And I was not yeah. taking a salary out of it. So it was yeah. a negative working capital. So I could just continue to be very uh, efficient there. Um, and There was another friend who came and said, yeah, I also have a space. Can you come and do an outlet there? And then I wanted to go to my second and third outlet. Um, So sort of accelerating things a little fast from here. So I went to my second and third outlet also. Uh, This was almost by end of engineering then, fourth year of engineering. Uh, I opened my second outlet also. Uh, But that's when all the tough things in life started for me. Uh, it, till then, it was a dream journey. Yaar. I opened, did a business, good profit, good business. Now I was like, I'll do this person by a Ferrari. Um, but <laughs> life's not so simple, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, then my second outlet was a disaster. I could not maintain the consistency and quality that was in the first outlet. People would complain, Ki, yaar, na, first outlet achhai, ye wala hai. then the challenges in the first outlet also started coming up, Right. Uh, by then, I partnered with my um, um, uh, friend and um, roommate. There was this guy, There's this guy Sudip. He was my classmate and roommate. So, we both started this um, QSR Mukunda Foods, you know. Uh, initially, both of us were in the first outlet, so we were able to do a lot of things better. But baad mein kya hua? when two outlets happened, we were not able to maintain consistency and quality, even in the first outlet. So, repeat customers were not Then um, I read somewhere that NPS is very important. You need to ensure that your uh, NPS scores are uh, uh, really high. We were not able to get...
1: uh, NPS means net promoter score, which is like asking your customer, would you recommend this business to another customer?
0: Yes. So basically you have three parameters. One is a detractor, then there is a neutral, and then there's a promoter. Um, If you get a score of 9 and 10, only it's a promoter score on 10. Anything... Seven and eight is detractor. One to six is a uh, sorry. Seven and eight is neutral. One to six is detractor. We I was horrified to see so many detractors. Uh, No recommendation. Repeat business neorata, and it was very sad for me. Um, You
1: basically figured out that uh, managing it needs personal attention. And if your personal attention is split, then uh, it is not the uh, consistency of quality goes down. Basically,
0: correct. Correct. And uh, then it becomes a lifestyle business. Then I'm doing only one outlet. I'm not doing multiple outlets. Then I'm not earning money. That means uh, my Ferrari would not come, right? So, uh, <laughs> and uh, me and Sudhir are like, Yar, kuch karna this is not happening. Um, this is like a brick wall we are attend. And we're not able to move. We really persevered hard. We couldn't really get consistency. Because what happens in production is your customer is coming every day or oh, whenever your customer comes, you need to ensure that same consistency quality should be there. Like a, if you're selling a dosa to somebody in Chennai, your dosa should be damn good. It should be crispy on the outside, soft on the inside. That's golden hue. That dosa should smile at you basically, right? If you're not doing that, people aren't coming to you, right? And that's where we were feeling. I'm not able to consistently give a dosa because dosa was 80% of my revenue, right? And that's when we figured out, kuch karna iska. Uh, I went a little deep and understood that I don't have problems in coffee. Coffee is also made fresh. Dosa is also made fresh. But coffee is my problem nahi hai? Because coffee was made through a machine and dosa was made manually. I then realized, yeah, this is the problem. I am relying on skill. I'm, I'm a people-dependent company, not a process-dependent company. And being an engineer, I was like, wow, I found out the problem. Till you don't find a problem, you're in frustration, but you know what to fix, then it becomes better for you because now you've uh, put in your entire energy and effort to sort of fix it. Right. So, okay, simple solution. Let's go buy a dosa machine. Uh, That simple solution didn't happen because there was nobody in the world who had a dosa machine for an outlet. And I went to everywhere, trust me. Like, I went to CFTRA, which was a government central food technology research institute it's a government institute i said do you have a dosa machine i went to all the markets websites i went to the professors at IIT. i said yeah do you have a dosa machine or do you know somebody was a dosa machine there was nobody i was thinking wow there is no dosa machine i need to build it i was an engineer so uh you know it's like bana dete isko. right and this was almost towards the end of my engineering end of fourth year i said well, yeah we will make a dosa machine now so again, I went to a lot of my friends. I went to a couple of friends in mechanical. Um, so there was a formula one team. There was a team that used to make racing cars for college. So I said, yeah, you guys come. There was our college back then had made a satellite as well, right? So when they found out somebody who was good at embedded systems, they will make a DOSA machine. So I got like a kick-ass team said, we're all just going to build a DOSA machine. So we spent a lot of time, built a DOSA machine, put it in the outlet, and I uh, was like happy okay. now I have a machine that could make Chennai level quality dosas uh, at a at a speed I like, at a cost I like and everything ticks the boxes and customer was great. Still, there was one here, will people be okay seeing a machine made dosa? But when I put it in the outlet, that was when people were happy. They were like, okay with it. Here, as long as my dosa is good, they were okay with it. And word got out and a lot of media started covering us. Uh, the Hindu put us on page one. Hey, this outlet sells dosas from a machine. Uh, Times of India covered. NDTV did a story. And, you know, Mint um, by the Hindustan oh. Times, they did a story. We were just all over the press. This I mean, I attracted did. a lot of um, yeah. restaurant owners calling me. They called and said, can you sell the machine to me? Right. Outlet to popular ho ta, but uh, a lot of restaurant owners started calling and saying that, can you sell that machine to us? uh because i have the same problem my chef doesn't come on time my uh, the biggest reason i'm not able to go from one outlet to 10 outlets is i'm not able to make consistent food at scale and then i figured out hey i have solved for something bigger I was thinking ki, I was a student, I was an engineering guy, not from the FNB or the food industry and hence not able to maintain operations. But the Annapurnas of the world are coming to me and saying, ki, yeah, I have same problem. The technology you have built, can you sell it to me? And, uh, you know, that was, I think initially I was resisting to it. Uh, so people used to call me because they saw this story on the press and TV and, you know, everybody and they used to call, can you sell the machine? Initially, I was saying, no, 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 my competition will have a machine. Um, one day, there was this guy from uh, Rishikesh running a restaurant called uh, Madras Cafe. He called me and said, uh, sir, I want this dosa machine. I Just to put him off, I was not in a good mood maybe. I said, yeah, it's there, but it's 2 lakh rupees. He said, okay, send me your bank account details. I just sent it to him. One hour later, he calls and said, wow. sir, oh, yeah, transfer. I was like, what are you saying? You said, me 2 lakh oh. And he had put in that two lakh rupees. I was like, shit, man, this is real. This, matlab, back then a good business day would be 20,000 rupees for me. And here somebody had sent me two lakh and calling me Ki machine. Ka hai. I was like, yeah, this is a bigger oh, business. Wow. <laughs> so let's go and really build this out. And then whoever called, I said, two lakh rupee machine. People would negotiate I'll give for one and a half lakh. I was like, seriously? Somebody willing to put that amount of money? By the way, the machine—I didn't even know what's the cost of the machine back then. Right. Then I um, uh, went to. Um, then I was. I graduated by then, and then I realized he, uh, you know, uh, uh, let's become a kitchen tech company. Help everybody become a McDonald's. Uh, help restaurants, outlets, QSRs, f and industry. Take my technology and. Be faster by making dosas. Uh, so I graduated in 2014. I uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, then moved to Bangalore, um, raised some capital from Indian Angel Networks. We registered. So I had registered the company back in college itself. So that was not a challenge. I was very confident ki this is going to be my future. Mukunda Foods Private Limited. The um, registered address was Dom. So uh, uh, I don't know if college had an issue, but sure. I just gone and registered nobody till now we have moved it out to somewhere else we have moved it to our current office but then it was fine yeah. um so we raised capital from energy and there
1: were two co-founders yeah me and Sudip. two co-founders you and yours okay
0: hmm. yeah so both of us had not uh, taken a job
1: how did you figure out that you need to raise funds this was because of your h1 consulting experience you knew that you have to raise funds um, first
0: so um uh, I knew that, okay, to build because I had figured out that this will be a technology play and not a QSR play. I figured out some point I need to raise capital. I can't, uh, and uh, I think 2013 Flipkart was all out there. They had done a $10 million round or something from Excel and funding was a thing. Um, And uh, I was going to all these competitions, right? That um, business plan competitions. At one of the competitions, there was this Indian Angel Network was the thing and they said, whoever wins gets a chance to pitch to um, the Indian Angel Network. I won the competition. I went for a pitch. Well, still in fourth year in college, the pitch was done. They said, okay, we are going to put in a crore into the company, equity money. At the end, of, when they were giving a termship, they realized I was in college. So <laughs> they were like, hey, so <laughs> "You graduate." there was a term in my term sheet that said, if you don't take up a job at the end of your engineering, this term sheet is valid. So okay. before I graduated, I had technically a crore raised a crore because term sheet is uh, sort of good. And yeah. uh, my dad was like yeah. scared. He said, yeah, there is no way not. Somebody will pay you a crore. He's a banker, right? Like he was asking, ki, yeah. what I said, no he said, Are you, have you, should you repay the money? I said, no, I don't have to repay the money. Then he thought it was a scam key. Who the hell is going to give you a crore yeah. of equity money? <laughs> yeah. But it was true. Like I graduated and uh, mm. um, then I did the due diligence happened. And um, by early 2015, I had a crore in the bank um, or I had a term sheet. Uh, you graduated course, in 14? 14. 14 I graduated. The money actually came in 2015. Okay. okay. And
1: your pitch to Indian Angels was for the QSR or for building machines? Kitchen Tech.
0: Uh, it was Kitchen Tech. Hmm. I said that we will okay. do both. Uh, but uh, peop- So, another interesting fact, when I went for the pitch, I didn't know who people were in the room. There were a lot of, bunch of people wearing suits and uh, all fancy suits and all. At the end, when I spoke to them, I realized Mr. Munjal was on the roo- in the room. He was the founder of... Uh, he was uh, Sunil Khan Munjal from the Hero Group was there. Ajay Chaudhary was there, HCLK CEO, uh, Ajay Call was there, who was the domino CEO back then. I was I, they all figured out this is a very good wow. business to put in money. And then I got scared. My God, these are the people in the room. And I was so confidently speaking so many things. I was speaking about India growth story. Mm-hmm. I was speaking about a ton of things. And I would not maybe do if I knew who was there. I was really scared. But um, you know, that was good. that. So I had money. I had a business plan. I knew that we need tech. I had a co-founder. So a few things ticked. So from 2013 to 2015 was a really bad time because uh, I realized that I could not scale the business, spent a lot of time to get my product and then raised capital. So it went up, came down and finally I raised capital. I moved to Bangalore uh, because back then Chennai had a lot of power cuts. There were 16 hour power cuts a day. And I realized how can you run 16 hour power cuts so moved to Bangalore um, started uh, then it occurred to me that till in college it was fine if you failed but now you had capital you had people believe in you you had a team I started doing my first hires uh, then it became really serious money in the bank or um, uh, was not exciting but we had to really go and sell to customers, build a real sales team, build a real manufacturing team, build a real service network. Uh, things became, started becoming very real then. So um, the next biggest issue I had was, okay, as a story, I was able to sell. We will sell these machines. I have a couple of customers. Proof of concept is good. But to take a proof of concept and really build a business out of it uh, was not easy. Because there was no hardware company in India that you could look up to. There was no set business model. There was no. There's a lot of SaaS and e-commerce play that that was out there, but uh, there was nobody to look up to who had designed hardware technology in India, who had built in India. There were a lot of German, Italian stories. That you had Vespa, you had the Ferrari, you had, um, you know, a lot of those things. But nobody in India to look up to. So I couldn't go to people and say, I'm stuck here. So there was a lot of self-learning to do. There was a lot of failure that happened. How do you hire a team? Because if you went and hired somebody in design and thing, they would say, what should I copy? Literally. Because that's what Indian hardware companies were doing. Right. I was like, you don't have to copy. You do have to build this machine. It's like clueless. How do I build it? I said, okay, this is not interesting. So we need to get a different set of people who thought like, who thought about this like a college project. It is no nothing to copy. You need to design a machine that could make dosas, that could make dosas that are customizable. And this machine works anywhere with any kind of batter. That was the case. And there was no machine anywhere. And it should make that very crisp, authentic dosa. Uh, so it was a big challenge. So I used to uh, uh, hire people, not basis... Uh, their experience but by their uh, problem solving capability so if you usually in a mechanical place when you do interviews you ask a bunch of technical questions hey can you define this can you define this formula and all we didn't do that uh, the, the time somebody came for an interview we used to give them a problem solving so one of the question I used to give them is um, there are two ceiling fans one fan works the other fan doesn't work so you need to design a contraption that using this fan, you should run both the fans, design it for me. So I used to see how would people design. Oh. Some people would just do it and mm. say, Ki, isko, isko chain mein I was like, but that won't work because one will work clockwise. The other will go anti-clockwise. How do you do it? Then somebody said this, the actual good people, right? They would not only design a good mechanism, But they would go back to saying that which component, where would this component be available and so on and so forth, right? Uh, And then in the interview, I would add one more layer to it. I would say, okay, now say I want to turn off only one fan. How would I do it? How would you disengage it? And I wanted to see people, how would they think out of the box? And that helped me do my first real R&D hires. People who could think of a solution, not follow a playbook. So we got those people in. Uh, then they started really developing the machine. Uh, my co-founder, Sudip, was very good in terms of process. He really built a very good manufacturing process um, to ensure that the R&D team which built was able to do it. Uh, one of the very good person who joined us back then was uh, Rakesh. He used to work for um, is, um, uh, HL, the Hindustan Aeronautic Limited. They used to, he was on the Tejas Aircraft Project. Uh, he built a fantastic uh, Kaveri engine concept was his, but he was not excited by um, uh, working there. It's very slow. And he did great work for the Dosamatic. So he joined as an R&D intern. And uh, um, later we would make him the co-fo- CT1, then the co-founder at Food. So now we are three co-founders. So Rakesh joined me then. He was taking care of the R&D. Sudeep was taking care of manufacturing and after-sales service. Uh, and then because both of these were fixed, I used to go and do the sales. Uh, so it took us a lot of time. Uh, people would say, yeah, you have a product. In 2015, you had raised funds. But my actual sales happened in 2018. So it's three years of real wow, hard work. three years. To, to really, because it's, it's not software. It's really hardware. It's getting a lot of things right. Um, but we were at it because we knew that the industry wanted it. We knew that um, this was something that was required. So eventually built the Dosamatic. Uh, we figured out how to do uh, product sales. We figured out how to do manufacturing at scale. We figured out after sales Um Yeah. And that's how the Matic came out.
1: Amazing. Uh, can you help me understand uh, what, Uh, what is the way in which it cooks a dosa like is it like you have a flat tawa like like typically the commercial dosa is like a big flat rectangle shaped tawa with a fire underneath it on which a human being takes a cup of uh, batter and then you know puts it uh, in a circular motion so what did your machine do?
0: Yeah, so uh, when we were designing the machine, I I had a insight that you can't mimic a human. First idea was if I say somebody make a dosa machine, they would say, okay, tawa hai. How does a person do? He takes batter, pours it, does this activity. Once it's ready, he takes yeah, it out Yeah, that circular. That circular thing. Uh, but then I thought to myself that if you wanted a, a a machine to go fast, a human being runs like this, right? You you run like this. But a machine, you don't build a humanoid to run. You take a, a machine and put a wheel to it. You put a car, you make a car. You don't do a humanoid. So you don't want to mimic. End output to Don't think about copying. You know, that's what I think a lot of global robotics players do wrong, right? They make machines mimicking humanoids. They make uh, robotic arms, which are super expensive and a very wrong way to do kitchen robotics. Uh, we said, okay, let's focus only on the output. What is output? You need a crisp dosa. Okay, let's come back from a crisp dosa. Uh, what was the backside of a dosa? It was a flat elliptical thing. Okay. Now, because of engineering, you know how to make elliptical thing is you, you, uh, you make a small ellipse, you keep elongating it and it becomes a lo- longer ellipse. Um, when I say ellipse, it's a round thing, right? So, we, we, if you look at Dosamatic, you can go to a website mukundafuj.com and see Dosamatic. So, what we did was we made a machine. It um, drops batter, um, you know, uh, in an elliptic. It just drops it. And then there is a spreader that spreads it. So, you do a small round, but when you spread a small round, it becomes a large round. And once the thing is spread, there is a, um, a system that there is a peristaltic pump. It's a pump that sprays oil on the dosa. And then the dosa cooks and it peels it off. Now the whole intelligence comes into play. Okay, what's the amount of batter? Uh, depending on the amount of batter, the cooking time changes. Depending on the cooking time, the temperature and the uh, uh, things change. Depending on the size of the batter, the oil changes. So everything is algorithmic. right? So what we did was we sat with our chef. And we said, okay, you make a small dosa, you make a thin dosa, crisp dosa. We kept seeing what and all changes he did. So for a long dosa, the amount of cooking time was 65 seconds. For a small dosa, it was 50 seconds. Okay, we programmed that. Okay, when does he add oil? When does he do? So we made that and we sort of extrapolated all that stuff. So all that intelligence went into the machine. Okay, now this, this, that and all. So sort of that gave you a machine that you just go press a button, the machine drops the batter, spreads it, adds oil, cooks it. uh, Once it's ready, peels it and gives it on your table and it also cleans the pan automatically. There's no jhadu or anything. There's a very strong spray of water jet that sort of um, cleans the uh, pan.
1: And the spreading is like through the way you have windshield wipers or something like that is spreading the batter. Exactly. exactly, Okay. 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 Interesting. Um, I am yet to see a dosa in real life. Uh, okay. Why is that? Is it that it's mostly used for cloud kitchens and not? Uh, so, like- not
0: really. Um, um, our machines are not only for cloud. Uh, so, there are more than 3,000 machines out there. It's just that you're eating, you might have eaten a lot of dosas from our machine. It's just you don't know that it's from our machine. If you are going to an Adigas in Bangalore or an Adiyar Ananda Bhavan or an Annapurna in Coimbatore, um, you know, um, uh, Kamath, a brand in Westme, uh, you know, all of them are uh, even PVR today in uh, Delhi. If you go, they sell dosas from Dosa Matic. Uh, it's just here your, you're eating, you don't know. Right? So now uh, going okay. to the larger story uh, that what we found success with Dosamatic. So to cut a long story short, um, you know, and then we could uh, whatever details you want we could go into that is we have now become a full blown kitchen robotics company dosa matic was the stepping stone okay we can make a machine that makes dosas consistently and customers are happy uh, so today we have automated about 90 95 percent of global cuisine we have an automatic biryani machine we have an automatic <clears throat> Uh, Indian gravies, we have done Chinese automatically. Parathas, burgers, sandwiches, pizzas, momos, um, French fries, samosas. So, what started as a dosamatic step by step by step, now we have automated. So, it's top eighty percent of Indian QSR brands use our machines in their outlets to cook food, uh, and you know many of them They're they have gone from zero to one by themselves, but they're one to ten and ten to hundred need an automation, and that's where we came in and said, "Okay, you want a samosa machine to make samosas, we give you. You want something for uh, biryani, we have a machine. We have for Indian, we have for Chinese, we have for various cuisines. You know, that's how we are automated. And uh, now, I would say we are the world's largest kitchen robotics company. There's nobody who has ten thousand kitchens that have automated." And we have done it.
1: Wow! Amazing, amazing. Um, yeah, I, I want to understand some of these other products also. Like, what is the form factor for the biryani maker, or the samosa maker, or the momo maker? Like, like, just help me uh, understand what, how they automate sure. the sure. work.
0: So, um, and I'll, before that, I'll tell you why we did that. You know, that's again very interesting story there. So many people who bought Dosa Matic came to us. I don't want to name brands here. They came to us and said that, uh, Isha, what you have done with dosas is amazing. Uh, But yeah, I want a machine to make Chinese food for me. Fried rice, noodles, starters, soups is a very big category. And it's very difficult for me to scale that brand because everywhere I need a skilled master, uh, the Chinese chef to keep doing it. Can you make a Chinese food making machine for me? I said, I can do it, uh, but I don't have the capital. Right, um, to put in to do the whole R&D and product development and all, uh, but I have the capability. Right, so I said, okay, uh, you want this machine? I can build it. I don't have the capital, so I told them, okay, uh, what you do? You invest in the R&D for this product. You put in that money. I will make it for you. I will sell this product exclusively for you for one year. Nobody else will have it. So you get an edge in the market. Nobody has the machine. But if I don't do the machine, I will refund you the money. That's the agreement. Um, And this brand was fine with it. They said, seems to be, uh, uh, it's risky, but they somehow believed in me. They said, okay, this guy has done the uh, dosa machine. So he might do the Chinese machine. Similar agreements with other brands. Somebody, there was a very large Momo chain. uh, I'll take the name, Wow Momo. So we went to Wow Momo, Sagar, and said, Sagar Daryani was a co-founder. We said, uh, you have a problem in frying these things. I will solve it for you. We went to a biryani player and said, I will make a biryani machine for you. So we went to the customers and made them invest in the R&D. By the way, it's not cheap. I know brands who have invested 3-4 crore rupees in R&D with me before having the first machine out. So they had wow. a real pain problem. They invested in R&D and it was a risk for me also because if I couldn't build that product, I would go bankrupt. Right. I would not have the money to pay them. How would you pay two crore back, right? You spent that. So we, yes. we made the customer invest in the R and D. Uh, and my team was really, it was a real doer. The, banana, hai banana. There's no way banake you make a machine, okay. but if you don't do it, you're screwed. And we took a lot of bets. we did a Chinese, we did biryani, we did parathas, we did fried food, we did momos. Um, Within 2018 to 2020, in the, in the two-year span, we built five machines, right? And good thing is, because these were all really successful, uh, the team was really at it. I mean, we just went all out to do it. Uh, we, the anchor customer gave us a bulk order. They came and said, 500 Chinese-making machines, each cost two and a flat. So they gave us that order uh, the, um, wow momo gave us a large order. Everybody gave a large order. And once the, um, uh, exclusivity finished, we went all out to sell the machines because we had an anchor customer because an anchor customer, the largest one was everybody. I said, wait for a year. It's not for you. And once exclusivity ended, we started oh. opening up the product. So with zero investment in, um, equity, um, R and D. So we had a product. We built a large enough, maybe a large, decent enough business, which could do. Um, now you asked me a question, how does a machine work? Right. I'll speak about uh, a product called walkie, which sells very, very well for us. It makes fried rice, noodles, starters, soups, dal makhani, chicken butter, masala, paneer masala, pastas, everything. Right. So in, in it's like, an,
1: uh, like a kadai, yeah. exactly. automation of kadai basically. Automation yes. of kadai. Okay.
0: So, what we saw was kadai, mein kya hota hai? you put all the ingredients and then you toss it. So, I did not uh, want to toss food because then you need a robotic arm. If you toss more, the food flies out. If you toss less, it won't toss well. So my team was really thinking, ki yaar and uh, this was six months into the project, the customer had invested a crore with us. We had still not found a solution on how to toss food. And, uh, and this is a real story. Uh, I love, we were all sitting and brainstorming, and uh, uh, there was a construction happening in front of our factory. And there was a concrete mixer. You remember a concrete mixer? They put sand, they put this yeah, and that. They yeah, yeah, were yeah. mixers. And after that, they, the take, it they take out.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. One guy said, yeah, I'm going to a concrete machine. Banana hai. That night, everybody went and made a round thing, round kadai. They put a motor on the okay. back. We inclined it, put a heating solution. Mm-hmm. And we put some rice and we started rotating it. Bloody it worked. He said, okay, this is uh, <laughs> zero to one thinking. So if you go to mukundafoods.com and see the product walkie. That's what it is. It is a concrete mixer that has a heater attached to it, and some of the ingredients fall automatically into it. Wow! So it was amazing. a lot of zero and to one. It would thing probably it.
1: be the the angle yeah. change and all would probably happen, right? Because it would need to be straight when putting the ingredients, then tilt it. Yeah, yeah. Like, like how yeah. the concrete mixer changes angles. Exactly. So okay. wow. um, amazing. We have
0: done. We went and did another step. Because we wanted Indian and Chinese to happen in the same kadai. So if you look, Indian food is stirred, Chinese food is tossed. So what we did was if there was a kadai that was like this, that would toss it. But once you do the angle to be, say, closer to 90, it would stir. So the same machine stirs, Mm -hmm. tosses, mixes, has energy. And that was like an aha moment for us
1: amazing and uh, how does the ingredient go into it is that also automated like feeding in the ingredients so,
0: so we started and this is a perspective that we hold very strong at the company that uh, we will we, we initially automated here, everything falls automatically right the ri- we had a container that holds oil then sub- masalas then seasonings and all what we re- sorry what we realized was don't automate everything Right. Make it a cobot, not a robot. Cobot means there's a person who you tell. Now you add one spoon of oil. He will add because in India, you will get India. People availability is not an issue. Skilled people availability at skill is an issue. Right. So we said the, you're not to the restaurant owner. The proposition was this. You're not fighting people. You're not letting people go. Your own person, you're giving him wings. Instead of a rickshaw puller running, you are giving him an auto or giving an Uber car. Here he is going to sit comfortably, do a throttle and do more passengers and can ride longer and will not be. And that was a value proposition, right? You're not firing people. You're helping your person make food faster, more consistent. That ensures that you're able to turn faster tables, able to maintain consistency and you expand faster. So it was a very win-win proposition. So we de-automated a lot of things. We removed okay, don't put everything because then the machine becomes very expensive. Instead of a fifty thousand rupee machine, now it's a five lakh rupee machine. And just giving you a okay. machine that removes the skill, not the person. Right. Said so today, if if you had a walkie with you, Akshay, and uh, maybe maybe you know how to cook food, but maybe you don't know how to cook red Thai curry, right? With Wokki, you can. You can cook Chinese, Indian, Japanese, everything. Because the machine, uh, and another interesting thing, right? We were not, or even we are not a competition to chef, right? Because the machine is a dumb machine. The machine learns from the chef. So the layer of technology which we've added today is the machine learns from the chef how to make a Thai gravy and how this chef makes a Thai gravy. And that is replicated in the machine. So, if you're a brand, it's your food getting do you, How do you achieve that? Uh, so, a okay. lot of tech to how it. How do you achieve the learnings? So, the machine learns from the chef. And uh, uh, that's what, where we play a key customer success role. And that's what we realized. Uh, that we work with the chef. To understand his heat patterns, his temperature patterns, his timing, his ingredients, everything. And the machine learns it. Uh, let me give you a very simple example. Okay. Let's speak about samosa. Right. Do you know six crore samosas are consumed in the country? It's a huge number of samosas, right? Um, and frying yeah. samosas is an art. Uh, for those of you who might not know, what kya hota samosa? Uh, you don't just toss samosas in a hot pan and remove it. What happens in samosa frying? You start at 120 degrees, cook it for one minute, then increase the temperature to 130, cook for X amount of time. And step by step you start from 120, go to 180. At 180, and every degree of every 10 degrees of temperature, the amount of cooking time is very different. Once you reach there, you take out, and that's when you get a very good samosa. That's when you need a halwai or a very... I think
1: there's also like a visual judgment you have to make that this looks cooked. I guess the color and all, right?
0: Color and all. And then you change the temperature. So what we did, we sat with a lot of chefs, award-winning chefs who make samosas and a lot of halwais. He puts it at temperature. How much does he increase? Note it down, note it down, note it down. And then teach it to the machine. So, today in my automated, we have a product called EcoFryer. We have maybe 5,000 of them on the field. So, if you ha- go to the samosa setting, it's designed in such a way that it starts at that, keeps on changing, changing, changing. Once the thing is ready, it automatically comes up. So, you put samosas. Once the temperature is ready, the basket would dip. Change the oil temperature depending on what samosa you output and what is the quantity of samosas. So, the temperature curve for one samosa to 100 samosas is a very different curve. So it will understand the samosas you have put through the menu take to the temperature curve. Once it comes out. So no matter what you get that excellent samosa. So today you have maybe a thousand organized players in samosa thousand brand outlets and everybody uses my samosa fryer eco fryer. Similarly with burgers, similarly with pakoras, French fries, right? So. Another interesting thing, right? Uh, Our eco fryer uh, makes the food more crispy on the outside and soft on the inside, right? And this is what we learned from, the machine learned from a chef.
1: Uh, How how does it achieve that? Like crispy outside, soft inside? Yeah,
0: so um, I don't know. Actually, maybe uh, if you have seen your grandmom cook pakodas, what she does is she does a double dip. Then she removes it. And yes. fries it again. So, what we did right. in our eco fryer that today, if you put French fries, uh, it goes in at 180 degrees, cooks for two minutes, okay, comes out for 30 seconds. The temperature of oil goes from 180 to 185 in that five seconds, uh, sorry, in that 20 seconds, goes for a second dip and comes out. So, first dip, what did it cook? It became, you know, that mushy and uh, soft. Once it goes for a second flash fry at a higher temperature, bahar ka crisp laga, by the time it's going inside, it comes out. So right. So today anybody um, uses automation. my automation gets a very consistent colored product. We have something called 3D frying also. Um, you know, it's too much to explain on a call, but yeah, you should visit our website and maybe check. So Uh, what it does is it does a 3d frying so the color is uniform the temperature curves are very good and with double frying double dip you get a crispy output and customers are amazed wow the product can be sitting anywhere like in airports also we have our machines you know any airport i think there will be no airport in india where my machines aren't there so It's working across the place. You don't need human intervention. You don't need uh, that. But you're getting a great output. An Indian product. Samosa one way, pakoda one way, cutlets one way. You know. So we went into each and every product, designed it, bottoms up with a chef and helping brands grow. You know, that sort of becomes our core proposition today.
1: What is the form factor for the EcoFryer? Is it like, typical? I used to work at McDonald's, my... Very okay. first employment, uh, while I was in college, was at McDonald's. So I Fantastic. used the fryers over there for the French fries, etc. So you will, you it will look uh, like remember. That? <coughs> you
0: will remember in a. I think it would be a Pitco or a Frymaster fryer that you have. So what happens in a McDeep fryer? You put your food, you press a button. There's a countdown timer. Once it beeps, you go and take it out. So what we do is yes. you. We have motorized that action, so the basket is always on the top you put your fries, you press a button that this is french fries, number of portions, two, two portion, three portion, four portion, then it will ensure that the right temperature is maintained in the oil, right? Once it's maintained, it goes in, dips, cooks, comes out, goes for a second dip, once it's ready, it comes out. So it looks like a normal fryer, the form factor looks the same, but then it has motorized basket, then it has the whole intelligence. And connectivity. So, it speaks to the cloud. So, tomorrow, McDonald's wants to launch nuggets. Just cooking time, temperature profiles are very different. You don't have to go to every outlet and train people. You sit in your central office. You update the fryers. All the fryers get an update. And your chicken nuggets are live to go with a different temperature profile or whatever it is. Oh,
1: amazing. Amazing. And... Uh, the uh, oil cleaning process happens manually, or is that also automated? Like you have so, to uh,
0: we guess, have a product I mean, called I remember a Filtro. We- yeah, we have a product okay. called Filtro, which automatically filters the oil. And we have made it for Indian type of cooking. Because Indian cooking is very different compared to international cooking. So, I, I think in MECD, you use Magnesol and filter paper, you have a filtration on the dam. So, here it automates. There's a product called Filtro, it just goes and filters the oil and ensures that your oil is good. So as a staff, as a MACD teammate uh, in your steps, you don't have to go running back to the fryer. Once you listen to the beep, it will automatically come out. Right. And um, it costs yeah. lesser because MACD in India imports fryers. Right. Now, because you're buying right. in India, you design develop manufacturing, it's a lot less cheaper with the tech. Right. So I don't want to name brands, but a lot of MNC brands in India, are working with us right now and uh, using some of the machines in their kitchens. And I think in the next four or five years, India will be supplying to the global outlets opening rather than today India buying the equipment from US or other countries.
1: Wow. How does uh, the burger automation happen? Because again, uh, since I'm from McDonald's, so... You yeah, know, I've done all of this, like burgers and all that. So how does that happen?
0: Burgers, right. Uh, um, Today, starting from a good flipping burger to Louis burger to Burger Sing, Biggie's burger, they all use our machines in burger automation. So we do a lot of work in burger. So let's break down a burger, right? Uh, You have the buns, which you need to uh, toast, uh, which is not a very difficult thing. Then you have the patty, either you fry it or grill it, Right. So fryer, same hai, like as I told you, right, we have the automated fryer. So you put it, it will go dip, cook, comes, yeah, comes eco out. Eco fryer. Eco fryer. Now grilling is a big challenge. I'm sure in um, McDonald's, you know, you put it, then you need to put that steam thing, put some water and then flip it and all. So we have done a very simple thing. Okay, we said, um, I, we took two pans, one on the bottom, one on the top, right? You put a patty. Or, how many other patties you want, you select your Dana chicken patty. Then the top pan comes, grills it. Once it's ready, it goes up, and there's a lever that pushes it out. So, you get grilled patties so twice faster.
1: No need to flip. No,
0: no need to flip. And no need to stand in front of it. It's exactly to that right. temperature, to that degree, and that pressure. So, because you've been at burgers, initially the pressure is different. At the end, the pressure is different. So, what the thing does, it has a pressure sensor in it. Initially, it comes and presses it a lot. Then it opens. Then it comes and just touches it. There are some brands in India who do galauti kebab in our machine. Like ITC has cloud kitchens. Their Galouti kebab, it's a very, people who have eaten, it's a very soft, very delicate product. So, our machines help them yes. cook Galouti kebabs. Uh, in Mumbai, there's a brand called uh, HOB, House of Biryani. They make some of the best biryani in the country, right? Um, they use my biryani machine. The galauti kebabs are cooked out. Um, Tibbs Frankie, very famous Frankie the, brand. Biryani biryan machine is it's the Waki or B? No, no, no. So, um, it's a product called People Gico, use Waki for Biryani? No, no, no. So, Biryani is okay. hai. So, Waki doesn't do dumb. So we have a product called Rico, which mm. makes biryani for you. Um, you know, many... Um, uh, how does it work? Brands do factor? it. Okay, so uh, it looks like a cylinder, right? <clears throat> Cooking biryani needs um, three types of heat. I think people in the FNB industry, or if you have cooked biryani, you'll understand. Initially, you boil uh, rice, right? Then you cook it with protein or meat or vegetables, and then you do the dum. So you need dry heat, sorry, you need the wet heat, then you need the dry heat, then you need steaming. So we built a machine called Rico, where you just put the rice. Initially, it automatically takes the water. The core ingredient in a biryani is the rice. You need to get your rice really right. It should be fluffy. It should not be soggy. At the same time, it should not be uh, al dente or undercooked. So the, amount, the proportion of rice and water is very important. The amount of time you cook is very important. So you put the rice initially, it takes it measures the quantity of rice, takes the water, automatically rice, uh, cooks like
1: it. Soaked rice? Uh, soaked rice? Just put raw just rice. rice. Just put raw rice. Okay.
0: Just put raw rice. The machine will automatically take the water. It would cook the rice to 60% first, right? And then it beeps. Then you add your meat, you do the layering or whatever it is, you meat or veggies or no, Joby Dalnadal. Then you press OK. Then the dumming process starts. Right? Like if you know the typical way of making biryani, right? It's on coal. And coal on bottom and coal on all the sides. It's a five-dimensional cooking. One, two, three, four, and on the bottom. Okay. So we designed our machine as a double-layered okay. cooking. So heat is just not on the bottom. It's across the surface, fluid heating, So and dry heat. So it does the dry heat. Right. At the end, there is an, if you see Rico, there is a small extension that comes that does the dumb. Right. So then you're. Uh, what what your is dumb? Uh, like you. So dumb is you basically. press it down. A, no, no, no. Dumb. It's, it's basically giving some charcoal flavor. Okay. So there is a container where you can put uh, some um, charcoal and it sort of dumbs it. So basically what dham is, uh, it creates an environment and it needs to be closed, vacuum sealed. Heat should not escape, right? And at a low temperature, it cooks for 20-30 minutes. So what happens is if a rice is like this, it stands up because of the slow heat and that whole flavor transfer happens. And when you smell that biryani, that's the dham you are smelling. That happens in Rico. Mm. Okay. So, the initial biryani machine okay. Okay. we built, everything okay. was automated. Tha. Rice would come automatically, the layering was automatic, there was a robotic uh, robotic arm, there was a stirrer that comes and stirs and all. It was a 15 lakh rupee machine and nobody bought it. Wow. Now, the biryani machine <laughs> okay. we have okay. called Rico, it's just 75,000 rupees and everybody is in love with it.
1: Wow. Okay. Which again is the philosophy of a cobot rather than a robot. Cobot, yeah. Like, yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Amazing, amazing. Okay. Uh, yeah. How did you learn to sell?
0: How did I learn to sell? Okay. Um,
1: because you were leading sales yourself, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I still lead, lead it. So, right. <laughs> right. Um, mm. I think. I think. Um, uh, the main thing about selling, right, is you should not sell. You need to, I, I think the important thing is you need to be a solution provider and not a salesperson. I think every sales, sales philosophy says that you need to be so good, you need to be pleasing, your tonality, this, that, and all. I would say that's all rubbish. Make a product which a customer likes or wants and you position it, people will buy it. You will need to do extraordinary sales activity if you have something stupid to sell, which people don't want. Yes. And this is something which I always okay. tell my uh, uh, R&D team, right? Every R&D guy has an idea Ki, sir, na, eh bana date, wo bana and all. then I tell him, and this is an example which I give almost everybody in the company. Um, so let me ask you that, Akshay. Say you, are, you wanted to do this podcast today morning. And there was a sales guy coming and selling you uh, head pain medicine. Would you buy it? Before the podcast, somebody said, actually buy this uh, head pain medicine. Would you buy it? Yeah, Mostly no, put right? the down. He says, sir, no, 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 50% discount. Buy one, get one, Diwali offer. <laughs> I have a thing. Put it down. <laughs> right, but, yeah. s- but say you have a head pain. And there's a guy calling you, sir, I have a head pain medicine delivered to you in five minutes. Do you want it? What would you say?
1: Yeah, because you need it at that time.
0: You need it. But sir, 50% extra because Diwali, I have to work. You'd still want it. (laughs) Yeah. Now, is it the sales skill or is it he bringing you a product that you want? Right. And that's the beauty of sales. Sales is not about selling something which people don't want. Sales is about trying and understanding that, hey, do you really have a problem? And if you have a problem, I have a solution for you. If I don't have a solution for you, then I'm wasting your time, my time, and the organization's time. And each and every person like we have... Sales is
1: more about discovering the problem, basically.
0: Marrying a problem with a solution. If you don't have a solution, you don't have a sale. And like we have about 50 people in sales in Mukunda Foods today. And the first thing we do when we speak to a customer is saying that, hey, do you have a problem? Do you need something? Is there a scale-up problem? Is there a consistency problem? Is there an attrition problem? Then I have a solution for you. Otherwise, I'm not there.
1: So, basically, depending on your understanding of the problem, you are able to tailor a solution and say, okay, these correct. two products will solve your problem. Okay. Mm. Correct, correct. Okay, okay, okay. Interesting.
0: It's not calling and saying, sir, I have product A, B, C, D, and all. It's about first understanding mm. the customer and then pitching. Mm. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, this is like a product led sales, right? Like you want to understand problems, create products, invest in R&D to create products that solve those problems and those products yeah. will sell automatically yeah. because you are solving yeah. problems which are not solved so far.
0: Exactly. And trust me, you know, everybody says, Ishwar, kitchen robotics, India, mein only US. US is the market. But yeah, we have 10,000 restaurants in India whom we have automated. If you build a product for India, keeping that Indian customer in mind, expensive. I'll tell you a normal fryer in the market costs 5,000. My product costs 35,000 rupees, seven times expensive. And every outlet needs four fryers, two fryers, one wedge, one non wedge. Somebody with me has to invest 70,000 rupees. If you buy a local fryer, you have to do 10,000. So why will somebody pay 60,000 rupees more? Technically no, but with us they are because you're solving a problem. Right. When you solve a right problem, it's not about which country. I think India is a large enough market. If you know what you're solving for, giving that value. And I think that's the reason why in India we are doing so well. So 90% Hmm. of my revenue comes from standalone customers. People feel only the BC funded or the MNC by my machine. It's no. It's the Lalaji, it's the UDP, it's the um, guy on the street who is buying my machines today. Right. So I mean, it's the I mean bakeries in Bangalore who are very happy to buy my machine. It's the, um, you know, which city you are from Akshay. I think I could uh, name some. Delhi. Brands for you to in Delhi. Okay. There's a lot of, yeah. I'll tell you, uh, there's Haldiran, one. Uh, it's the so given, but it's the small, small outlets. Jiska brand pata hoga. Of course, Nirula's, Nathu's, They all are my customer. But 90% of the market is not the brands; It's the standalones. Delhi, there's one customer whose brand name is called Sabse Sasta Khana. His brand is called Sabse Sasta Khana. It's not a brand. It's an outlet. It's just out of nowhere. And uh, there's a story, right? Like real story. Uh, My sales guy went there for a pitch because he had got a call. He went to the outlet and sent me a photo. It looked like a little dungey place. He said, sir, what do you what do to That guy went yeah. and um, he came back saying ki, uh, he wants to buy five or six of our machines. And this wasn't just out of COVID uh, 2021. Mein. And we were also excited. Mm-hmm. Hai, becho? Maybe, you know. And trust me, that guy went from one, two, three, four outlets. He sells 50 rupee oh. um, kadi chawal. That whole Thali ride. So he bought a Rico. Like the office lunch. Office lunch thing and also normal uh, 50 rupees, 60 rupees kind of a lower kind of a price point. And then they realized, hey, wow, that's where we are able to create an impact. And he didn't mind spending 40, 50,000 rupees on the fryer and 75,000 rupees on the Rico and all that because he saw real value out of it. It's very easy to come and amazing, say this Darya Ganji in Delhi uses my machine or Burkos uses my machine, haldiram Bikanerwala. Yeah, the use Karen because it's PMF first. But market is ninety per the belly of the market in India is the value customer. Right. The Momo that Dolma auntie momo you might have heard, right? Who was on Shark Tank also. Right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Dolma she uses our machines iconic. to fry yeah, our
0: momos, yeah. uh, to steam our momos. Oh. Yeah.
1: Wow, amazing, amazing.
0: Mm. What kind
1: of uh, revenue do you do? Like what this year, how much revenue will you do?
0: Yeah, we should be a 50 crore run rate company.
1: Amazing. Like this year you will end at 50. C, And this is all domestic sales?
0: 95% I would say. We still do export, but it's 5%. It's not very focused, a lot of inbound that people call and say, then we ship it.
1: And this would be like Indian restaurants or Indian entrepreneurs outside who...
0: Mostly, yes. Have... Mostly, yes. Hmm.
1: Okay. But uh, do you have like a export? Because, you know, if you want to go from 50 crores to 500 crores, I'm guessing yeah. a large part of that revenue would be exports.
0: Uh, actually, no. Let me... Uh, uh, and that's what I thought for a long while. Uh, let's look at data, right? Um, just let's look at Zomato data. Zomato says that quarterly about 25,000 new restaurants are added on the platform. These are not brands, these are 25,000 locations that get added. That's about a lakh of restaurants a year. Each restaurant's capex is about 10 to 15 lakh, right? It's a 15,000 crore market today of new restaurants coming. 15,000 crore. Yes. Right. Maybe in that... And that's just on the Zomato. There are many caterers coming, many QSRs are not on Zomato, many things in IT parks, many canteens, which are not there on Zomato. Many of those things are there. Hospitals are there, and all. a lot of players. But no, it's the market is huge. If 15,000 crore of capex is coming, that's $2 billion. If the tan is $2 billion, why should I go outside of India, right? Just think about it. And we have just barely scratched the surface. Yes. I have a sandwich maker. Every uh, nook and corner, people eat sandwiches. My sandwich maker is amazing. Uh, The Mapros of the world, truffles in Bangalore, they they all use my machines.
1: You'll be the form factor for the sandwich maker. Sorry, I'm very, very curious about form factors having worked in QSR for a while. So so.
0: uh, we ensure that the machine doesn't look alien to you. Think about you as an operator, right? You are used to a sandwich maker. I have look, form, technology. Dhunga, you will not use it. Because unless and until adopt, adoption at the outlet is there, I will not be able to sell. <coughs> okay, we went to the customer and said, What is the problem with right. sandwich? They said, you know, we, make, we put sauce, cheese, and make the bread. That's not a challenge. Grilling the sandwich is a challenge. Because once you put, the guy goes, Openski, whoa, are ho gaya. But I can't throw it. Let me give it to customer. Customer is shouting a lot. So let me take it out faster. So what we did, we created like the griller example I told you, right? The same thing. Once you put four jumbo sandwiches, presses okay. It comes, cooks it. It has a pressure sensor because sometimes you put more tomatoes, onions and all. So the sandwich might be bigger. So it senses, okay, this is a club sandwich. The pressure has to be different. Cooks it the moment you see our sandwich it will smile at you the grill marks are so even it's cooked exactly it's not black it's not golden it's between that golden and black and when you crunch it bahar se crunchy hai you will feel that grooves actually in our sandwich well hmm. and that's what you are solved for and, and that's so what the industry wants. Uh,
1: like buttons, etc like on the top for more glow yeah. like for the coloring so the guy so before putting a sandwich is
0: See, we had automated, but then we realized if I can remove that and save twenty thousand rupee of cost, my adoption can be higher. So we had two models: a sandwich right. maker at eighty thousand, which does automatic buttering; a sandwich maker at forty-five thousand, which does does not do automatic buttering. People all opted for the forty-five thousand. Yeah, butter mm-hmm. na mera banda dal dega. One gram extra butter yeah, doesn't make yeah. sense, like, right? But true grilling true. ho jaega, It makes a huge impact in a customer's life.
1: Mm -hmm. so uh, you've also raised more capital since that Indian Angel uh, 1 crore Uh, tell me about your fundraise journey
0: yeah so after Indian Angel Network came in uh, uh, we had uh, Rakesh Malhotra who was on the podcast previously right who uh, is the owner of uh, SAR group so he was part of the Indian Angel Network Uh, and out of all the investors I had it was he and Mr. Munjal who had some kind of hardware experience so I used to go to them for some kind of brainstorming so he really liked what we were doing that was we just had the Dosamatic then Um, he really liked our frugal engineering and doing it fast and all that stuff and he um, came in at I think 2018 or something uh, he came into a cap table and he also gave the Indian Angel Networks an exit. Right. So um, he gave them a decent enough exit and he brought in uh, more capital for us to um, grow our sales and marketing. And we wanted a factory. We wanted our service network to be better. So he came in then. And during COVID, when all the restaurants were really not doing well, uh, we called him up and said that, hey, you know, it's COVID and we need some more capital. It was just a call and he was like, fine, I'm willing to put in more capital into the company because you're your partner. And uh, that's when we did the second round with uh, uh, his family office, Incubate Capital. Uh, Then uh, last year, Zomato came in. Um, So because uh, Zomato's philosophy was uh, to help restaurants grow fast, the Depender had the ecosystem kind of a philosophy that um, if you're able to make ecosystem faster, quality supply helps you build more um, um, uh, demand. demand. So India was not a, India even today, not a supply uh, demand constraint market. It's a supply constrained market. If you're able to really grow your supply better, your demand sort of increases. So I think it has worked out well. I think uh, with the Zomato funding, what really happened was uh, uh, we could really go and take a lot of bets on outbound sales. Uh, today we are a, Forty-five, fifty SKU company, right? We were just 5-6 machines, now we have 50-55 machines. We could invest a lot of capital in R&D, wow. world-class production. So we have India's probably the largest kitchen tech factory um, where we make... It just looks like a global factory, you know, like 30,000 square feet facility, um, countrywide service network, some of the best tech teams probably in the world for kitchen robotics. Uh, and very good uh, sales. Yeah.
1: Oh, uh, where, where is your factory?
0: It's in Bangalore. It's very close to HSR Layout.
1: Okay, okay, okay. Amazing. Oh, what uh, What does the service team like troubleshooting if something goes wrong?
0: So um, <clears throat> we do something called uh, predictive maintenance, right? So what it means is. Um, there are two kinds of maintenance to ensure, see it's a machine, it will fail at some point of time. You could either, you, what you need to do is prevent it from failing. So what you do to your car every six months, nine months you go, service he checks everything services and gives you back. Right. But a better way to do is called predictive fail uh, servicing. So all our machines are connected. We keep de- getting data in through our cloud. Um, and, so what happens and actually What happens is it doesn't fail at once. There's a small bug that leads to a bigger thing, bigger thing. It's a series of events which leads to a death of a machine and then that's when you go on service it. What we did is we went and um, uh, what we figured out was let's understand the initial failure of the machine. right? Before the machine fails, let's go and, during the first bug itself we go and capture the failure, go and Uh, service or repair the machine to prevent it from failing. So that's what we call predictive maintenance. And
1: uh, is this a revenue stream for you? Like, do you charge extra for service or how does that work?
0: So the first year servicing is free, right? Uh, And everybody says that, hey, you should be making big money from AMC, uh, AMC contracts. Unfortunately, no. Because customers will like, say, I a machine, hai nahi hota hai, toh, why should I buy an AMC? So, uh, people don't yeah, end up fair. buying AMCs because they have so much confidence. Okay. Like, it's like your uh, refrigerator, right? You know, yar, toh, nahi hota, why should I buy an AMC? So, uh, it's not a fair. revenue line, but uh, fortunately, because the machines are so good, customers tend to invest more with us for newer technologies. Somebody who is doing burgers wants to do fried chicken tomorrow. We are the first port of call. Hey, do you have something for fried chicken? We give them a fried chicken solution. They're going to the new outlet. They come back to us. So in the last one year, what has happened is uh, a customer, a kitchen who used to spend one and a half lakh rupee with us spends four to five lakh rupee with us now. So the average order value for every kitchen has kept increasing because they have so much more confidence on the product. And I say that that's a bigger revenue driver than going and selling typical AMCs to a customer. Ideally, you should not sell AMC. That means you are telling that my product mm. is wrong. Mm.
1: Right. So, like, first year is free. After that, what happens? Do they buy an AMC or you charge per visit?
0: So, um, first year, it's free. Second year onwards, if there is a failure, there is a cost. Or what happens is okay. uh, uh, we... Uh, 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 ship out a service person to say that I'm changing it and there is a small cost attached to it. Uh, But in principle the machine is designed for a 5-7 year life so uh, enough testing and all those things happen to ensure that uh, it's done. Uh, The product also internally we have devised a lot of metrics. Product has ratings ranging from 1 to 10. If a product is rated 10 that means we internally are certifying that 10 product will not be right? And okay. we don't ship a product which unless and until it reaches a particular threshold. Uh, and before that, we ship it to customers. Uh, so we are a very big innovation engine at the company. <clears throat> uh, we work. We know the pain point of a customer. And initially, the machines will fail, might not give the right output because it's in the very early. And we have a lot of customers who work with us very early on in the innovation cycle. I go to a customer and say, ye naya I'm sure it will fail every week. And there's a conversation I have. Do you want to try it? Do you want to buy it? And I have a set of customers wow. who invest with us at that early stage. There's like, ha ha, definitely wow. very well knowing that every week there is going to be a failure because they want to Amazing. be part of that initial journey. And I know customers, who have started with me that every day failure horror, every day my service engineer is going, and today the machine doesn't fail for years together, and they feel that pride. Ki, you know, I was part of that journey of you, and that ensures mm-hmm. that our R and D lab to market is extremely fast.
1: Yeah, because you're not uh, testing in isolation; you're testing in production Correct. environment, basically. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Amazing, amazing, amazing. This basically your learning in college of that stall when you told your principal that I will pay uh, later from the revenue I make, that, that learning has continued till today in terms of how you invest in new product development.
0: Yeah, yeah. We are quite frugal, but yeah, it's expensive. You know, R&D's expensive is what I keep seeing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. So, uh, my last question to you, what's your advice to founders who are trying to build, like, you know, you are building a hardware technology business? Uh, What are some of the learnings that you have had over the years of building such a business that you'd like to share?
0: Uh, So I would say building a startup is a marathon, right? It's not a sprint. But building a hardware-led company is a double marathon. Matlab, it's going to be double that difficult if you are building in hardware. But the benefit is once you're able to build it, it's so much more difficult for anybody else to copy it that you will reap the benefits for a very, very long time. Because if you had to spend it's it's people come and say, yeah, to copy <clears> the <throat> Trust me, it's not easy. I have ten thousands of machines out there in the field. Uh, till now nobody could copy my dosamatic. Right? People have tried eh? it, not wow. I've tried. There are oh, people who have dosamatics, uh, but it's not easy. Unless and until they go through that grind and going through two to three years of really tough time, they will not be able to copy it. But by the time they copy it, you should be so good that you have your version two, version three, version four out there in the market. I think there's a lot of SaaS companies that have come out of India globally very well reputed, but there are not many uh, hardware tech companies. I'm not saying hardware only, hardware plus tech companies that have come few companies like Ether, Ola, they have done like real superb job, global first companies and all. And I think there is a huge opportunity to do that in consumer electronics, appliances, autom- automobile. I think, uh, and India has huge talents. So many engineering colleges out there, right? So you will get better quality people at a better price globally. And with that whole make in India push, uh, I think there's a lot of, value to be reaped here if you are in this space. It is going to be extremely tough. But yeah, if you're able to crack it, then um, you will make tons of money.
1: Yeah, I think this is the decade for hardware tech startups. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Are you competing with Indian companies or global companies? Like uh, if a restaurant wants to buy kitchen automation, who, who are the options for him besides you?
0: Uh, I think... Uh, There are some emerging companies in India as well as globally who are trying to do kitchen automation. Uh, But everybody is about five, seven years behind us. So everybody has a catching up right now.
1: And that brings us to the end of this conversation. I want to ask you for a favor now. Did you like listening to this show? I'd love to hear your feedback about it. Do you have your old startup ideas? I'd love to hear them. Do you have questions for any of the guests that you heard about in the show? I'd love to get your questions and pass them on to the guests. Write to me at ad at podium.in.
0: That's ad at t-h-e-p-o-d-i-u-m dot in.